So you guys have picked a great day to be in God's house. We are kicking off a brand new sermon series today, and it is titled Three Expressions. Will y'all say that with me? Three Expressions. This is going to be a message on love. All you guys, where's my guys? Wednesday, giving you a little hint. If you got your girl, you better show a little love. Amen. <laughs> so I guess in, in, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to be doing a message, a deep dive into God's word on love. We're not going to just, just stop at romantic love and, and what that is and what that looks like. But we're going to just really dive into God's word and talk about the importance of his love and what it, what it does to our lives when we really move away from just, just seeing God as God and God and his love, but it, it moving into his love and experiencing his love. Love is just a short little four-letter word, but y'all, what, what is love? What, what is love? Is, is love a feeling? Is love a choice? Is love something that I give? Is love something that I receive? Is, is love something that I can see? As I was praying about this, I, I feel like love is all those things. Can you feel love? Sometimes yes. Can you see love? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Is love a choice? Yes. And so maybe you've, you've never heard this little phrase, but biblically there is three expressions of love. And guys, we, we live in a world, and we're going to talk about what those three expressions are, but let me digress for, for just a second. We live in a world that understands it needs God's love. But if we love in a worldly way, we have a world that we have inherited. <laughs> Why is the world a mess? Because we've taken God out of everything. We're going to see today, Jesus, he breaks all of God's law into two commandments. He says, love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Why do we have a world that is the way that it is? It understands that it needs love. It understands that we need to love others and respect others and accept others, but we fail at those two commandments. We don't love God. The world doesn't want to love God. And the world actually does love their neighbors as themselves because no one loves themselves. <laughs> Everybody is depressed. Everybody is spiritually sick. And so this is why we have the world that we have. We understand we need love, but we, we fail at moving in God's love. We need to be searching God, asking God how he can use us, and love others in a real way. So, biblically, I told you there are three expressions of love. The Old Testament is written in what? In, in, in not English. It's written in the Hebrew language. Most of the New Testament is written in the Greek language. So, as you read your word, and as you, you should study the word, and use your Strong's Dictionary as you're studying God's word, and it breaks down the Greek language into English. Translating languages is, is, is very in-depth. It can get complicated. And so in English, we have one word for love, right? One word. But as I just shared, it means so much. There are layers. There's, there's a depth 
to the word of love. And in the Greek word, guess what? They had, some of y'all are tracking, three words for love. And so we're going to talk about those three different expressions in the word of God and the different layers and levels that you and I can walk in and live in God's love. I'm going to give you the three of them to you today, and then each week we're going to kind of focus on one. The first superficial level of love is the Greek word for eros. Say that word with me, eros. As I asked you what love means to you, eros is that very superficial level of love that we, we're kind of comfortable in. It's just it's something that I feel. It's, a, it's an emotion. It's very me-driven. I'll love you according to the circumstances. If you love me back, right? The next level is phileo. It's a, it's a deeper level. It's a brotherly love. It's, it's we-oriented. And it, it's a love that, that is shared with others, usually supported with a, a, a focusing single goal. You have a brotherly love with your family, with your friends, but if outside of that, if, if, if there's maybe a big disagreement, well, then we kind of stop, we stop at that level of phileo love. And the, the, the level of love we're going to talk about today, which is God's deepest level of love, is the word agape. Say that word with me, agape. This is the deepest level of love that we can have. It comes from God, and it's something that we can share with others. Any guesses on what agape love may look like? We're short, we're small here today. Just shoot, shoot out some ideas at me. Unconditional. I love that word. Daniel, you the man. I love that word. Let's go farther. What did Jesus do for us? Sac that's the word I was looking for. Sacrificial love. And that, that ties right in with unconditional love. He sacrificed himself for us, and none of us deserve that love. And that's the type of love that God wants us to live in, operate in, and move in. And that's really the only way we can truly grow God's kingdom is if we are living, operating in an agape-type love. It's, it's not a we-oriented love. It's not a me-oriented love. It's a cross-oriented love where I'm focused on the cross and what God did for me. So upon receiving that love, I share that freely with others. Amen. Does it sound like, does it sound good to you guys? Y'all excited to dive into this for the next couple weeks? Amen. Let's open our words. If you got your Bible there, turn to 1 John. Turn to chapter 4. I want to give you a few verses. <clears throat> for today's sake, we're going to read verses 7 through 11 for our foundational scripture. So we're talking about the love of God, okay? Look what it says here in 1 John. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from where? From God. Let me stop for a second. In the world, we have to remember this, that there is a human-type love that will fail every time, a fleshly-type love that will fail every time. But if we can understand that love comes originally from God, man, we can really bless people and love people and accept people. If we could start there, that love comes from God. Amen? Look at what the rest of that verse says. It says, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love God does not know God. For God is love. Anybody ever heard that before? I want to expound on that here in a moment. 
Verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real. Somebody say real. Real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. It says God is love. God is love. Who believes that? He demonstrated that in the flesh. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. And then the, the flesh of who Jesus Christ was went and was hung on a cross to declare this love that we just read about in 1 John. So God's, God is love, you better believe that. But that little phrase, that little statement, the enemy has taken that little statement and perverted it. Imagine that, the devil perverting God's word. Y'all ever seen that happen? <laughs> because God is love, that means I can stay in my sin and I don't have to change. Because God is love. Is that 100% truth? No, it's not. God is love, and he loves you. In Romans, it says, even when we were yet sinners, he came and died for us. But he loves us so much that he wants to transform us into his image, into his likeness. Real love, this real love that we just read in 1 John, it transforms a person. If you really believe that Jesus went to the cross for you, you don't need me to tell you. You need to change the way that you live. <laughs> Who does that? The Holy Spirit begins to reveal that to you. You say, God, you love me that much. Forgive me. And, and what can I do to partner with you? And how can I, how can you begin to clean this, this vessel out, as Pastor Jessica shared in the announcements and Matthew chapter 23, he, Jesus called the Pharisees white tombs They were literally walking dead. They're clean on the outside, but on the inside they're filthy with sin, and shame, selfishness. When God really loves you, he transforms you. And when he transforms you, he doesn't stop there because his love is, is boundless. It crosses over chasms of anything. You fill in the blank of, 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 of nation, of, of tribe, of tongue, of, of sex, creed, religion. God's love foundationally of who he is manifested as Jesus Christ. It speaks any and all languages. And that love is so real that it transforms all those who see it for what it is and believe and trust in his love. Amen. So look at that first point for today. <clears throat> it says, love comes from God because God is love. Love is not just what he does. I love this, but it's who he is. God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. There's two things that happen within God's love. God's love always requires sacrifice. To live and operate in God's love, I have to receive his eternal sacrifice. 
And to love others the way God calls me to love others, I have to be willing to walk in this agape type love that says I will sacrifice no matter what it takes. I don't know if you're married here today or if you've had a girlfriend for a long time. Think back to the beginning stages of that relationship when you were first dating and you was all cuddly, cuddly and googie, googie. Maybe that's still you, Shondor. You're laughing over there. Amen. I love you, brother. <laughs> Amen. And there is nothing wrong. And we got jokes in the house today. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your joy and your laughter. And there's nothing wrong with that. What happens is we live in season and out of seasons. The best marriages, they, they don't let that season of the early dating come to an end. That's, you have to continue to date your spouse. But what happens is life happens, right? And the sacrifice that you used to show when you was just dating a few months, you'd buy her flowers and you'd spontaneously write her little love cards and you'd take her on dates and lavish her. Maybe you don't do that as, as frequently and as much now that you've been married for 20 years. What's happened? We've, we've lost sight of God still calls me to sacrifice. Love is generative. Did you know that? It, it generates. The more love you give is the more love you will. And that's biblical. We, 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 we reap what we... If you sow this agape sacrificial love, guess what you reap? That sacrificial agape love. So the first thing God's love is, is what I just said. It always requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. Jesus proves that for us. The second thing it does is it never wavers. God's love never gives up. Think of the worst day of your life. Maybe you were strung out on drugs or addicted to alcohol or maybe you were addicted to pornography or maybe you got in a big fight and got arrested and put in jail. I don't know what your worst day of your life looks like. But know that on the worst day of your life, before Jesus has cleaned you up, now that you're a Christian, on that worst day, Jesus Christ still said yes to you. According to Romans, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love never gives up. It's unconditional. He didn't say, I'll love you when... You accept me. And when I clean your life up, and when you start laying this down, I love you now in the pigsty. I choose you now in this jail cell. I choose you now because I love you. Sacrificially and unwaveringly. No matter what, I love you. And what happens is we buy this little lie as we begin to live for Jesus and accept him, that, that the more I can do for him, the more works that I have, the, the more ministries I can be a part of, the, the more days and hours and minutes and time that I can give him, the more he'll love me. Those things are important. The more you love God, the more you should be involved in his church. It's an indicator that you trust God and you love God. But his love is unconditional. It's, there's no conditions. He doesn't love you more now that you've been cleaned up than he did when you were still a sinner. I do believe he is proud of you, though. 
He is proud of those who've stayed faithful and true and continue to believe and to trust no matter what it looks like. Amen. Turn now. Turn your, your Bibles over to Matthew 22. Give you five verses. We're going to start in verse 35 for today. Again, we're talking about God's love. So look what it says. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him, who is Jesus, with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Verse 37 says, Jesus replied, you must love. Underline that word today. Put that in the chat today for joining us online. Love. The Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second equally as important, love. There's that word again. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus gives us the playbook. The playbook for you to live and walk in and receive God's love. And if we do these two things, everything in your life will work out for his good. But you have to start with who? With God, with Jesus. you got to love his life more than you love your life, love your schedule, love your bank account, love your plans, love your wisdom. you got to love him with all your soul, all your heart, all your body, all your mind, everything. And if you can start every day there, that will trickle and pour out of every pore of your life, every area of your life. You'll, you'll, you'll sound, act, look, respond like a Christian at work if you start your day with loving God with everything that you have. Out of that, you begin to accept and love and, and, and accept and respect others. You'll begin to love others as yourselves because you'll see that God loves you and you will love others. He gives us the playbook. As I said, God's love always requires sacrifice and it always requires this unwavering hope for our lives and for others. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's just, just bringing this up in me right now. Who are you wavering on today? This is for somebody in here. You're, you're teetering on this fence of, am I going to give up on this person? God's love does not give up. And if you can continue to love God, and let him work in and through you, then you can begin to continue to love them unconditionally. Just as God loved you at your worst, you can continue to love them in the hardest and the worst. Now, let me double back for a moment. There are seasons and moments where you have to release a person. Does anybody know what that means? You are, you, you're pouring into them, you're pouring into them, but they have built up such a strong wall at the end of the day, if that's maybe where this is at and, and where this is where you're at with this person, you need to continue to love them from, from a distance and release them to the Lord and just pray for them every single day. In that moment when you release a person, you have a choice to make. If you release them, you just you clean your hands of them. Okay, I'm I'm done with this person. That's not releasing them to the Lord. You're saying, 
They'd get what they deserve. I'm done with them. I poured my heart out. They hurt me. They continue to reject me. They continue to hurt me. That's not releasing them to the Lord. When you release them to the Lord, you say, God, I'm doing everything that I can. And then you don't stop. You say, I'm going to pray for them every single day. I'm going to literally say their name before you and pray for them. And continue to show me, Lord, Holy Spirit, how can you use me as I'm releasing to them, to you, until you bring them back into where we can begin to rebuild this relationship. Amen? That was totally unplanned, but that was for somebody here today. Look at that next point. So as we just read right from the, from the lips of Jesus himself, the greatest commandment in the Bible, in the New Testament, is to, is to love. Love God with your, excuse me, love God first, right? And then love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord was just reminding me, everything in our lives is, the success of those things in our lives is directly connected to how well I love God and then how well I love others. Everything that happens in your life, if you're good at this or you're not good at that, or if you're experiencing success in this area, but you're not experiencing success in this area, the Lord was just showing me it, it all dials back to how well are you loving God and how well are you loving others. If you're really good at loving God, you'll be really good at loving others. And if you're really good at loving others, Others will like you. Right? Others will be drawn to you. Others will be more prone to listen to you and to hear you. And isn't that what every single person wants? They want to be liked. That's why we're addicted to social media. <laughs> I read the other day the average person has like six social media accounts. Start just tallying them off. Right? You, got, you got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got Twitter, you got TikTok, you got what else? Snapchat. Snapchat. There's five. All, all, all for hearts and for likes. and We all innately want to be loved and respected and accepted by others. And if you could just see it's, you're not accepted based on what you wear or what you drive or the girlfriend or the, the boyfriend that you have, but it's your love for God and love for others that makes you lovable. Likeable. And I would even say usable by God. God wants to use you. Use your voice. Use your testimony. Use your gifts. Use those amazing things he's placed inside you. But if you continue, what did Jesus call these? Loving God and loving your neighbor? The two greatest commandments. If you continue to fail at God's Two greatest commandments. Should you be worthy to be trusted to minister in his kingdom? You got to be faithful in loving God and you got to be faithful at loving others. Amen. Look at Galatians 5. Verses 13 and 14. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. There's that word. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor 
as yourself. So in Galatians, we see Paul's writing, he's saying, the freedom that Jesus purchased for you actually sets you free from sin, shame, and darkness. And because of that freedom, you now are no longer dead to sin, but you are alive in Christ. Jesus loves us so much that he purchased your choice to choose. Every day we get a choice. Am I going to live for Jesus and his desires, or am I going to live for myself and my desires? And it's in that moment I have to make a choice. I have to crucify my flesh, crucify my life, my family. I have to lay it down sacrificially, just as Jesus laid his life down, so that I can take up his life, take up his authority, take up his joy, take up his love. And when I do that, that's when I have the freedom in Christ. Do you see that? So when we live that type of way, we radically affect our world, not just in a positive way, but in a powerful way. If I fail at that choice and I reject God and His ways, I receive more sin and more selfishness. Going back to what we just read in verse 13, for you have been called to live in freedom by bro my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. We can go back to 1 John where it says God is love and I can use the word of God to manipulate my thoughts and how I want to live. No, because God is love, I'm going to continue on this path. I enjoy this path. It's an easy path. And you know what? I, I just, I really kind of like this path. Paul is saying, you now have the freedom to live in love for Christ. I can choose his love or I can reject his love. Amen? So look at that next point. It says, we have been set free from the law of sin and death, so now we can serve one another in love. Our freedom in Christ is not a license to sin. It's a calling to love. When I reject God's love, I get more sin and more selfishness. When I accept God's love, I get more love, and I give more love. Let me compare sin and God's love. Sin is contagious. If you surround yourself with a bunch of other sinners that enjoy their sin, it'll rub off on you. Anybody went to college? I went to college. A lot of people do college the right way. Your pastor did college the wrong way. If you do college the right way, it's probably because you surrounded yourself with the right type of people. Sin is contagious. Y'all, guess what else is contagious? God's love. God's freedom. Come on, somebody. When you live in God's love and you live in his freedom... It's contagious. You'll walk into a room and people will say, man, there's something different about this person. This person has real joy. This, this person lives in real love. This, this person is different. It's contagious and it begins to, to, to pour off of you onto, onto others. And so I have a choice to accept God's love or reject God's love. And based on that choice, I either get more of the repercussions of that choice when we choose 
love, freedom reigns. When we choose love, freedom reigns. And when love and freedom reign, guess who reigns? God. When we choose God, his love and freedom reigns. And when his love and freedom reigns, God reigns. It crosses, it crosses, there's no boundaries for God's freedom and for his love to communicate to other people. Can I share a story with you? I share with you guys oftentimes that I, my, about my second job, right, being a, a pest control technician. And I have some customers that I have built great relationships with over the years and have some, some, some awesome people. And I have other customers where we kind of just know each other on a name basis, strictly professional level, and that's fine. <clears throat> and I, I really never tell anybody I'm a pastor unless that they ask me or they may find out through through other technicians in the company. And that's just mainly because when you tell somebody you're a pastor, they begin to automatically act different. And with them knowing I'm a pastor or not, I don't treat them any different. I still respect them and, and love them and would say anything that I normally would say. But as soon as they find out I'm a pastor, it just gets different. And so I really try and not do that unless, unless the Holy Spirit leads me or it's just automatically brought up. Anyway, just this last week, I, I visited a customer's house, and he's been with our company for, for a long time, I think five, ten years, but they keep changing the routes, and so he's now my customer as they break up these routes, and so I see him more on a regular basis. He's been taking care of him for about a year now, and each time, the first time I met him, I just instantly, I just instantly, I, I knew he loved the Lord. I instantly knew there was something different about him. But each time over the last year, year and a half, I've gotten to know him better at each, at each visit, each service, so to speak. And the first time I met him, I knew there was, there was something wrong with him because he was shaking a lot. But he just, you know, the, the, the God's word says our spirits bear witness with his spirit. And so over the year, he's learned that I'm married and have kids. And the last time I visited him, before Jairo was born, he knew the baby was on the way, and I took a whole month off, well, the whole second half of December off to, to wait for the baby, and I went back this last week to service him, and when I, when I pulled up, he always greets me with a big smile and a, a, a big handshake, and we talked, and he said, so, so I heard you had the baby. I said, oh, you did. He said, yeah. He said, uh, uh, Josh, another technician come by here a couple weeks ago while you were out, and he told me, and uh, that's so awesome. I said, yeah, and he said, uh, are you also a pastor? I said, I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, I think that's awesome. He said, I always, I, I, I always knew there was something different about you. I said, yeah. I said, I always, I always knew that you loved the Lord too. And we began, as soon as we shared that, not that there was a lot of walls up, but it just created this safe space. And he began to open up about all his health issues. Y'all, Mr. Gorham's his name. He's, 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 Beat cancer, praise God. And the people who, who go through really hard physical things in life, aren't, when you meet them, aren't they just the most joyful people? And I always come away thinking, why do I get so frustrated about my little things that I deal with? You, you had cancer, a death sentence, and you've trusted God through the whole thing, and you give God the glory. And he, he began to do that, and he said he also has Parkinson's. And I said, oh, that makes sense. And he, he said, uh, if you could, would you pray for me? 
I have a big surgery here in a couple weeks. I have to be awake while they drill in my head for eight hours. I said, certainly, I will pray for you. And I began to just share some scripture, scripture that he already knew. Come to find out that his wife is actually the pianist at Northbrook Baptist Church in Common. So they are church-going folks. And we just had such a great visit. And then when I began to leave, I always give him a handshake and I put my hand out. And y'all, he pulled me in for like the biggest hug. And as I drove away, I was thinking, I don't think I've ever hugged a customer before. Been doing this seven years. And I share that to say, because I said, when, when, when God's love and freedom reign, God reigns. It doesn't matter if I'm just there doing their pest control, killing his bugs, guys. God was up to something bigger. His love surpasses any and all things. And it doesn't, it, the, the story doesn't even end there later that night at like 9 o'clock. And I didn't even see the text because y'all have two phones. If you text my other number after 5 o'clock, I won't see it till the next morning because that's my work phone. So I didn't even see it till the next morning, but he sent a text. I just wanted to say, I thank you so much for being my bug guy. You, I know you just kill, kill bugs, but you do more than that. I'm thankful that you're my pest technician. I'm thankful that you're going to pray for me, and I'm thankful that you love Jesus. <laughs> How awesome, Right? And maybe you say, Pastor Ian, well, I don't get to meet people like that at my work, or I'm still in school, or I don't know where you're at. You have opportunities, guys, to let God's love and his freedom reign in you. I said it's contagious. God's love and his freedom's contagious. As soon as we both shared that we love Jesus, it was contagious. And it was all about spiritual things, bigger things than even you can see or comprehend or conceive. Amen? Look at John 15, 12 through 13. Look at this. It says, this is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. That's exactly what happened as Mr. Gorman and myself began to open up and to share and guys, that's not the only time that has happened with me at my job. It happens quite frequently, but this is just the most frequent one, and I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to share that with you guys today. But as I said, it, it, it's all based in that same place of love others the way I have loved you. Mr. Gorham loves Jesus. He's been through different tests and trials than I have. But it's the same love, right? I began to share with him how I became a pastor, the walls began to come down. I, when I, tell, I don't just tell people I'm a pastor. I don't just tell people about my testimony. But I told them that I, I, I struggled with, with drugs and alcohol. He was taken aback. He said, you were. I said, yeah, I've been in jail. Yeah, I lost my license. He said, I would have never thought. But what connected us? What, what draws us together? The love of Jesus. Right? It's what connects us. It's what binds us. And if, if, if that's what binds you, you'll be able to love others as God loves them. I demonstrate, we demonstrate how much we love somebody by how much we'll sacrifice for them. Some people are easier to sacrifice than others. I'd be lying to you if sometimes when I see a customer's name 
and I think, man, I got 18 stops today, and if I sit and talk about Jesus like I did last time or most times, that means I'm going to be at this house for an hour and a half. What wants to rise up? My flesh and my schedule. And I'd be lying to you if I said there's moments that I have failed where, you know what, I got in and I got out, but there are many moments where I, I passed the test and I, and I responded to the opportunities. But let's take this to a deeper level. We demonstrate how much we love others by how much we'll sacrifice for others. Some people in your life, you will lay your life down. If that's for somebody, it's probably your, your newfound love or your kids. You don't have to work at laying your life down for your kids or your spouse. But what about the person sitting two rows up from you? I know we're sparse in here. Would you be willing to lay your life down to the extent you would for your kids for that person that's two rows up in front of you today? And I know we probably don't know, know each other maybe on that deep of a level, but does that change God's command? It doesn't. The level of sacrifice that I'm willing to give for others has to be unconditional not based on the role of relationship that they have in my life. Maybe they're just an uncle, or they're just a cousin, or they're just a friend, or they're just an acquaintance. Why do we love people at those different levels? It takes time to get close and to know people. I get that. But if at the beginning of that relationship, or if that relationship is already trucked on for years, if you can... See them the way God sees them, that relationship can go to the next level. And God can do things in that relationship that you never thought He wanted to do. Who knows what God wants to do in my relationship with Mr. Gorham? I have no idea. But because I sacrificed that little extra time, that little extra moment, that little extra ear. To see him beyond, I'm just here to do a job, to just kill his bugs and his mice. To see him as a child of God, God moved in. So what relationships is God wanting to move in your life today? Amen? Look at that next point. We haven't even really talked about agape yet, other than when we first introed this. I kind of already explained it, but this whole point wraps it up. So we're talking about the three expressions of love. Look what it says. God's love, agape, is a sacrificial type love. It's the kind of love that lays down its life and suffers loss so that others might gain. Agape love is an unconditional love birthed out of God's heart, not man's response. A deed done from God's own heart, God's love will always triumph. A deed done in a man, a human type love will fail. And agape love is birthed out of God's own heart. If you can let God's own heart lead your life, it'll triumph. His love will triumph in your life, in others' lives. It says it's the kind of love that lays down its life and suffers for itself so that 
others might gain. What could you sacrifice to help others gain? We do that naturally with our kids, sometimes with our spouses. Maybe there's somebody at work. Maybe there's somebody at school. Maybe there's somebody that the Lord just keeps bringing back into your life. And maybe that somebody is something the Lord wants you to lay something down so that they might gain. Pastor Mark Batterson, he's a famous pastor, one of my, my favorite pastors I like to listen to. And I read some of his books. He said of legacy, your legacy is, is not what you achieve at the end of your life. It's what others achieve because of you. And isn't that so profound? That's what real love is. We try to build our lives up, and at the end of the day, we want to have this thing that we accomplished. But what if we're seeing it all wrong, and the biggest thing you can leave is what somebody else accomplishes because of how you love them. Come on, somebody. That's a legacy. And guess who left the biggest legacy of all? Jesus Christ. Isn't that what he's done for us? Talk about the legacy, legacy of a cross. That's eternal, that's forever. It went beyond him. Jesus practiced what he preached. That the, the greatest love is for one to lay his life. Let's read it. Go to that next scripture. Oh, we already read it. Excuse me. No, skip to John 3.16, Tanria. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I'm referencing the cross. Isn't that what God did for us? Leaving a legacy that whoever believes, not for just Christians, not for just Jews, not for just people that are living for God or not living for God, for whoever believes. Drunkards, druggies, salesmen, businessmen, Good people, bad people, whoever can believe in the truth of Jesus, that's who Jesus came for. Amen? Look at that last point for today. We love others because God loved us. It's easy to love others who love God, but it's hard to watch others reject his love. I said God's love never gives up. God's Love sees beyond the current state of an individual. And we got to get better at that. We have a tendency to see the current state of somebody in their life. And we hope and pray for them. And we hope and believe that Jesus will show up. But deep down, we, we may have the thoughts of, you know what? They're just going to be like this forever. And, and, and we have to see and understand that God's love sees beyond the current state of an individual. I know this. Those who hurt the worst often reject God the most. We have to understand that hurting people, they're not rejecting you or, or, or me or our love. They're rejecting us and God because they're hurt. And they don't know up from down. And they don't know God's love from the world's love because the world has chewed them up and spit them out. And so they think God's going to do the same thing. They went to church, so they got hurt by the church. Now they don't trust anybody that's associated with the church. We can't stop seeing people as their current state. We have to begin to see them 
as where God wants to take them. Amen. Look at Romans 5, 8. I referenced this a bunch today, but it says, But God showed his great what? Love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. God never, God's love never gives up. Look at Matthew 23, 37 as we close. This is right before Jesus went to the cross after Palm Sunday, and he says this, Over the city of Jerusalem, as they're gathered for the festival of Passover, and he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, and if you wanted to add who cru- crucifies the Savior, that's what they did. But he says, How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. What is he speaking to? He's speaking to the fact that his love is unwavering. He loves them, but he understands that they don't yet love him. He loves them and he wants to help them, but he understands that they're not yet at a place where they'll accept him. They're actually rejecting him. But what, what, what's not changed? His love. His love doesn't change. It doesn't give up. Amen. So if you're here today, you feel like God doesn't love you. He loves you. But you got to accept him. Maybe you're praying and thinking about somebody that you can identify. You know what? They're rejecting God right now. I hope it grieves your heart. Maybe let God use you this week to say, you know what? God loves you. He accepts you. He wants to help you. Amen. He loves you. Let's pray together as we close. Sorry I went a little long on you guys. Heavenly Father, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you. I thank you for this word and three expressions of your love. Help us us get better at living in and moving in this agape type love, this love that you've demonstrated for us on the cross, Jesus. So there's no greater love than to lay your life down for, for a friend her brother, and Jesus, you practice what you preached. You did that. You laid your life down, leaving a legacy for us. A mantle for us to take up and to continue on laying our lives down for others. So I thank you for that. Thank you very much, Jesus. If you're here today and you're in this relationship with Jesus, you've made him your personal Lord and Savior. I say I think that's awesome. But I would ask you to if you're already in a relationship with God right now, begin to pray for the lost. Pray for the lost world. Maybe you know somebody lost. Or maybe pray about that person that the Lord's bringing to your memory that's rejecting God right now. And I say thank you for doing that. But if you're here in our sanctuary or joining us online today and you say, Pastor Ian, I'm not in this relationship with God on a daily basis. I, I'm currently just living my own life. rejecting him I, but on the inside I'm miserable and there's something you said today that the Lord just stirred my heart up and I just want to recommit my life to him I want to give him my life I want to make him my personal Lord and Savior today if that's you I just want you to know I think that's awesome and that's awesome that God's speaking directly to you if that's you today I want you right now to do something for me I want you just to slip your hand up really high or you can just stand up right now in the sanctuary and don't worry no one's looking at you we're praying for you I ask you to do that because Jesus says, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father and his heaven and his angels. So if he's dealing with your heart, show him that you received the message today, amen. 
stand up to pray to accept him. If you're joining us online, put something in the chat for us to let us know you're praying this with us or making a decision. And we'd love to join you online and pray with you. I'm going to give you a few more, a few more seconds. A few more seconds. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to lead us all in a prayer. And you all repeat after me. Loud and proud today. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we believe in you. And we confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, praise God. Anyone glad you came to church today? All about 10 of us, praise God. We're very thankful and glad you guys came too. Amen. We love you. Y'all are officially dismissed. Y'all have a good, safe Super Bowl Sunday, I guess. And I uh, we'll hope to see you next week.